Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A tale of woe in 13 chapters. Come on this little adventure with me, please. Chapter 1 occurred on October 26, 2019, almost three years ago. The setting, by the way, for this tale is right here in our pleasant little city of Edmonton on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. So I take you back to October 26, 2019, and there was a football game that evening. And... The Edmonton team was up 17-7 at halftime on a team from the neighboring province of Saskatchewan, a team that is either despised or loved, depending on your point of view. They can be either the hero or the villain, but they're neither the hero nor the villain in this tale. I guess they're kind of one of the villains. Anyway, this was a game that was very tightly contested. And this team from Saskatchewan kicked a field goal from 43 yards out with five seconds left on the clock to beat our local team 27-24. A gentleman by the name of Trevor Harris was the quarterback for our local team that day. He threw for 321 yards. He threw for a touchdown. Unfortunately, he threw for a couple interceptions. Do you remember a young man by the name of Calvin McCarty? He was quite popular in these parts. Still is, I think, even post-playing career. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns for the Edmonton club. But alas, it wasn't enough. And it was a loss on home field. And chapter one is 27-24 in favor of Saskatchewan. We'll flash forward a little bit for chapter two to August 7th, 2021. A little over a year ago. And it was the home opener for our Edmonton team and there was some optimism in the air. What's going to happen? They didn't play any games in that 2020 calendar year. And it turned out to be a really low-scoring game. But it looked like our local group was going to pull it out. But then a gentleman from Ottawa named Abdul Kane returned an interception 102 yards for a touchdown. And it looked bleak. But then our boys had a chance on the last play of the game to throw the ball to the end zone and maybe snatch a victory. Well, they didn't throw the ball to the end zone. Our quarterback, Trevor Harris, dumped it off short to James Tuck, who ran as hard as he could for the end zone, and he was tackled on the one-yard line on the final play of the game. And the group from Ottawa, the colorful group from Ottawa, in fact, I've been known to call them the Red Blacks, won the game 16-12. Touchdown scored by the Edmonton Elks in that game, zero. So they'd lost a couple in a row on home field. Chapter 3 occurred one week later on August 14th, 2021. 
Well, after losing a couple close ones at home, this one wasn't so close. Because the Alouettes from Montreal flew into Commonwealth Stadium and won the game rather convincingly. 30-13 to was the final. Mario Alford with the signature play in that game, an 86-yard punt return touchdown, which is a, a, a bit of a theme that the teams that Edmonton plays do better returning the ball on kicks than the Edmonton team does. But that, that's, that's actually probably another story. That's just maybe a footnote to this story. Uh, the Elks in this game scored one touchdown. It came with two minutes left. Truly a garbage time touchdown. So two home games into the 2021 season, the double E hadn't really scored a meaningful touchdown. So that's chapter three, 30-13 for Montreal. How about chapter four, September 11th, 2021? This is a game that's been dubbed the Labor Day rematch for several years. So the Elks had won in Calgary on Labor Day. Oh, this is pretty good. They're good enough to beat Calgary. Well, not that day because the Stampeders won the game 32-16. Our quarterback, Trevor Harris, was sacked seven times. Now, again, it was a game that they, they had a chance for a while. Calgary was only up three points at halftime, but they were able to pull it out. And once again, the Elks did not score an offensive touchdown. They did get a touchdown. Jermaine Washington returned an interception for six points. So the struggles continued. That was chapter four. We'll turn to page to chapter five. And I literally had to turn on the page because uh, writing this story to present to you took up about three pages in my notebook. September 18th, 2021 is chapter five. And a very, very good team from Winnipeg known as the Blue Bombers came to Edmonton. Well, Edmonton was leading this game against an outstanding football team. And Edmonton had this relatively new quarterback playing named Taylor Cornelius, and Edmonton was leading this game. Not by a lot, but they were leading 16-15 in the third quarter. Well, you may remember what happened in this one. Winnipeg scored two defensive touchdowns. Taylor Cornelius had respectable passing percentage and yardage, 19 for 33 for 243 yards, but he didn't throw a touchdown, and he threw three interceptions, and it was yet another loss at home for the green and gold. Chapter six, we move deeper into the fall, October 15th, 2021. Once again, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the opponent, and they're rolling along, as you would expect. They've won six in a row coming in. And once again, our locals are right with them into the fourth quarter. It's 16-16 going into the final frame. Certainly, they're going to finally pull one out. Certainly, Winnipeg's due for a loss. And the Elks are due for a win, especially at home. I mean, they've lost five in a row at Commonwealth Stadium. It can't get much worse than that, can it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it did. Winnipeg able to pull it out with a touchdown in the fourth to win 26-16. Taylor Cornelius, 187 yards and a touchdown. Didn't turn the ball over. Didn't throw for a lot of yards. All right, so now we go to October 29th, 2021. We're at Chapter 7. We're at Chapter 7. Oh, this one wasn't a good one. This one, there was never really much hope of winning once it got going. Jeremiah Mazzoli for Hamilton at the time threw for 357 yards. It was 27-4 
at halftime. 27-4 at halftime for Hamilton. They led 32-7 in the fourth quarter. Edmonton got a couple touchdowns in the last seven minutes to make the score a little bit better. But it was another loss, 39-23 for Hamilton, a pretty convincing win. So November 5th, 2021, this is the final home game of uh, last year's regular season. Saskatchewan won the game 19-17. So maybe you're thinking, whoa, this is, this is a tense part of the story. This is a close one. Well, not really, because Saskatchewan had a 19-3 lead in the fourth quarter. Elks got a touchdown with nine minutes left to make it 19-9. They got another touchdown with a minute left to make it 19-17, but pretty far behind most of the fourth quarter. So they lose again. So that's chapter eight. Then we go through the winter, and it's uh, back to football. And Saskatchewan is in town once again, well, just a couple months ago, my friends, on June 18th, 2022. Well, Jamal Morrow for this team from Saskatchewan rushed for 126 yards through our Elks defense. Despite that, the Elks had the lead. They had the lead just by a point, but they had the lead. 16-15 with 7 minutes and 11 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Well, Saskatchewan got a touchdown, then they got a late field goal to put the game away, and they beat the Elks 26-16. Nick Arbuckle was Edmonton's quarterback. He was 21 for 35 for 315 yards. Pretty good stats. Had a touchdown. Oh, but there's that interception column again. He threw two interceptions. And now we move into Chapter 10. We're hitting double digits in this story. But don't worry, we're getting near the end. Some of you may already have figured out how this finishes. July 7th of this year. Well, this is, this is the part of the book that you just kind of skim through. If you're a fan of the Edmonton Elks or if it's a movie, if you fast forward because you don't need to see it again. It was 14-3 Calgary at the half. They're in control of the game. Well, they really took control in the third quarter, outscoring Edmonton 21-0. There was that weather delay in the third quarter. Trey Ford, who, you know, that promising young quarterback for the Elks, he got injured early in the game, and uh, it, this one was bad. It was 49-6 for Calgary. Chapter 10, we'll just turn the page on that one. Again, literally, because now I'm onto the third page of my notes. All right, so then we go to July 22nd of this year. And there's that Winnipeg team in town again. They're really good, but, man, the Elks kind of hung with them a couple times last year. Now, listen to these stats. Zach Kalaros, the Winnipeg quarterback, he goes 7 for 16. He only completes 7 passes. Taylor Cornelius for the Elks goes 25 for 42 for 270 yards. <clears throat> the time of possession. The Elks had the ball for 37 minutes. Winnipeg only had it for 23. The Elks outgained Winnipeg 357 to 274. So you must be thinking, okay, Reed, if you can't, this must be the end. Chapter 11 must be the end of all these losses. No, it's not. Because the Elks couldn't put the ball in the end zone. And Winnipeg had a drive in the fourth quarter that took nine and a half minutes when they were up 16-10 to put the game away. And that's chapter 11. Chapter 12, not too long ago. Boy, these Saskatchewan Rough Riders keep popping up on this list. August 13th. Once again, we have Edmonton leading in the fourth corner. Just Again, just by a point, but leading. 23-22 with 10.52 left after Sergio Castillo kicked a field goal. And Saskatchewan, once again, takes the lead. Touchdown with four and a half minutes to left. Uh, four and a half minutes to go. Gets some insurance later in the fourth quarter. And they win it 34-23. 
That was chapter 12. And then there's chapter 13, which just, just happened two days ago. And it was this little Ottawa team in town again. And you're thinking, okay, enough is enough. The Elks just beat them in Ottawa. Ottawa's got one win. They're legitimately bad. Well, Ottawa outscored the Elks 14-0 in the second quarter. Taylor Cornelius only completed 14 passes on 37 attempts for 287 yards and an interception. And despite Kenny Lawler making three great catches, totaling 146 yards, it was indeed Chapter 13 resulting in the Elks losing 25-18 to the Ottawa Red Blacks. So this story isn't finished because to me the story finishes when they win a home game. Now, the next game, of course, as you know, is on the road. One week from today, it's the Labor Day Classic, Elks at Stampeders. September 10th is the next home game. Here's what's on the line in that one, folks. And maybe there's going to be a happy ending. Well, at least eventually they're going to win a home game, and that'll be happy. But the longest home field losing streak in the Canadian Football League is 14 games. So if the Elks aren't able to beat Calgary 12 days from now, they will share that record with a team known as the Ottawa Rough Riders. You may remember them. For a while, there were two teams named Rough Riders in the CFL. The Rough Riders lost 14 consecutive home games from July of 1987 to October of 1988. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our tale of woe in 13 chapters. The Edmonton Elks 13-game home losing streak. I really thought it was going to end going into that game on Saturday, but uh, they just could not do enough against those pesky Red Blacks. So there you go. That's my tale tonight. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Reed Wilkins with you this evening. Thanks to Dave Campbell and Brendan Escott for uh, filling in over the last couple of weeks as uh, I took some time off. I'll talk about some of the uh, things I did here as I move along tonight. Of course, happy to hear from you on the hotline, 780-496-0063. It is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email the program, insidesports at 630ched.com. I always find it heartwarming to get an email. We will also... Uh, discuss a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers with a, a focus on the offensive side of the game tonight. I, 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 I had an epiphany about golf on the weekend too that I, I want to share with you and it's it's not I often talk about my golf game. I think it's something that could help your golf game as well. I don't know if it's possible for us to execute this but I want to throw it out there. But first we're going to call a quick timeout. Good to be back. It's Inside Sports on Chet. It's easy to remember the needs of our inner city during the holidays, like Christmas and Easter. The truth is, poverty exists all year round. And every single day, there are Edmontonians struggling just to get by. The Mustard Seed is here to help. Your donation today provides food, clothing, and much more for the Mustard Seed community. You can help to change your community every day of the year. Please donate today. Visit theseed.ca. is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, we'll get to a phone call or two in a second here. I, I was mentioning Cornelius' stats against Ottawa. 287 yards passing, pretty good. But he went 14 for 37, 
Uh, he was intercepted. They, they pushed the I mean, Here's the thing. So the, what was the chapter? Chapter 11 of that story against Winnipeg. They drove the ball but couldn't get any big plays. And I felt like at Ottawa on Saturday, they got big plays, but they couldn't drive the ball. And they're, they're not scoring enough touchdowns. Uh, I think at this point, of this, we knew it was going to be a tough season for the Elks. Uh, t- to me, um, I, I, if, if you would have told me they would have had, and I, and I know they've been blown out three times, but if you would have told me they were going to have this many close games, I, I would have thought maybe they would have won a couple more than they have just because of the way Chris Jones coaches and, and his teams have tendencies to play in a lot close, uh, a lot of close games. Um, I, I think, you know, the secondary has been great most of the season. I, I think the front seven on defense is okay. And there's some people who watch the game who I trust have told me that they think the fr- front seven is okay. Um, you, you know, the offense has, has not been good enough as a whole, though, you know, they had, do have some players having decent seasons. Cornelius, it, to me, it just seems that the the high end can be there, but you you know there's not a lot of consistency. Um, and I, 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 Blake Dermott made this uh, observation about Cornelius uh, on the points after show after the game on Saturday. I was just more concerned about the amount of times that he underthrew the ball tonight. Like, there was a lot of them that skipped to receivers. Yeah. You know, uh, forget the, you know, and, and, you know, when he's skipping the ball, that's telling me that he's he's probably throwing it a little bit late as well. I mean, those were just as evident. Uh, and he's now rushing the throw because he's thought, ah, and then and then he uh, uh, the ball's too low. Uh, how many of those did we see today? Half a dozen, possibly, that skipped to guys that were too low they couldn't catch? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it, it was not uh, at 38 38- completion percentage you know that um, we were uh, uh, Brennan was talking about how statistically the Elks had, uh, had done better than the Red Blacks did but but the reality is when you're completing uh, only 33 38% of your passes you got a lot of two and outs and their two and outs were not uh, or their their second down conversion was just as bad like it was at 33% I believe so so it was uh, you know and a lot of that does lie on on the quarterback shoulders uh, and not being able to get the ball out on time yeah, I, I think with Cornelius, there's a lot of sort of clutching the ball, looking like he's going to throw and then not firing it. A lot goes into a football play. Sometimes receivers aren't coming out of their breaks in time. Maybe sometimes they aren't open. Maybe sometimes Cornelius feels he's under pressure and isn't going to be able to get the ball away. Um, but I think he is consistently hanging on to the ball too long. And as Blake said there, uh, too many underthrows that just had no chance of being caught. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Sir Robert is standing by. Sir Robert, nice to hear from you. Go ahead. Uh, hey Reed, how you doing? Good. Well, I have a couple thoughts. I mean, you know, yeah, the season's been tough, but I mean, I guess I'd say this. I mean, the blowouts aside, I think uh, I think out of the out of, out of the games that they've lost the close ones they could have won a couple more like he said i think it's just i think it's just it's just a play to me it's like it's like they're they're a play away here or a play away there it's just like just like at at different times of the game they need that they need they need that big play whether it's a stop on defense or a big play on offense and it's just it's just not there well, I, I agree with that. I mean, they, they don't get a lot of turnovers. They, they got one late in the first half that could have been a big one, and then the field goal got blocked. And 
Saturday aside, they don't they, they don't have a lot of explosive plays on offense, and, and you need to reel off big chunks of art. Now, at least at least Cornelius was looking down the field on Saturday and, and made a couple of really good throws, and Lawler made a couple of really good catches. But I think you're right, Sir Robert. There have been a lot of games that have been there, but they're not they're either not the team making the big play. Or the or they're the team that winds up making the big mistake, and sometimes that's in the form of a penalty. Sometimes that's and look, Cornelius's uh, completion percentage was not good on Saturday. I, did, I do not think he had a good game throwing the ball. He also had flee, uh, three flat out drops by receivers, and all of them would have been for first downs. So there, a lot of mistakes are really piling up with the Elks. Good to hear from you, Sir Robert. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can get in touch. Okay, uh, plenty of time to talk if you want to chime in tonight. Got a little bit on golf. Uh, we'll start getting you ready for the Oilers season. We have preseason games on Chad in less than a month. This is Inside Sports on Chad.